Welcome to the A-Game Podcast with Nick LaMagna, digging into the minds and experiences of some of today's brightest entrepreneurs in real estate and business, along with Hollywood stars, UFC fighters, and your favorite rock bands, people that have figured out how to overcome obstacles, take chances, live boldly, and no matter what they do, they always bring their A-Game. My guest on today's podcast is Ben Azadi. Ben Azadi is absolutely amazing. He's somebody that I recently came into contact with on the hell side of things where, uh, to be honest, the last thing I really wanted to hear about was somebody talk to me about dieting, but I was absolutely blown away after years and years and decades of listening to uh, health talks and coaches and reading books and podcasts. I have never been more impressed with somebody on the health side than I have been with Ben Azadi. He's going to give you guys some amazing life hacks and tips to do some basic things that you're doing anyway, and um, some really terrifying stats too on some some really crazy numbers that they're going to give on the ways that cancer risks and diagnoses are going to go up over the next couple of years in a dramatic way and some basic things not necessarily all keto but some things to do better to help you sleep to have better energy ways to just adjust some of the time ways that you're exercising having caffeine taking in food it was just amazing i uh, i'm really blown away with him i started implementing a lot of the things that he's given me already and it's made a huge difference in my energy uh the way i feel my inflammation some of my injuries i i really can't say enough i've been running around telling everybody about the things that i have learned from ben over the last couple of weeks so i thought nothing better than to get them on a podcast for an hour so I can just direct everybody to that. So I really believe no matter where you are in life or what you're doing, this is something that's going to benefit everybody. You can reach Ben Azadi, B-E-N-A-Z-A-D-I on Instagram at The Ben Azadi, Facebook The Ben Azadi. He's got a great YouTube page, youtube.com forward slash keto camp, K-E-T-O. K-A-M-P and www.benazadi.com, B-E-N-A-Z-A-D-I. He has written books, The Intermittent Fasting Cheat Sheet, The Power of Sleep, The Perfect Health Book, uh, Simple Steps Proven to Transform Your Health. Again, I cannot say enough great things about this guy. I really, really enjoy this podcast. I really love talking to him, and he's made a big difference for me so far. So I hope you guys will love it. And please, please, if you guys are getting anything at all from the podcast, please go on and leave a review, leave five stars, whatever it may be, and I'll start to share and support. I have not done enough of that, and I really appreciate some of the comments I'm getting from people. Thank you very much, Ben Azadi, ladies and gentlemen. Enjoy the podcast. Thank you. All right. My guest today is Ben Azadi. He is uh, an author as well as a, uh, I call him a health guru. I don't know if you'd want that name, but uh, some ways you guys can find him. You have him on Instagram.com slash the Ben Azadi. Uh, Facebook.com slash the Benazadi, YouTube.com slash KetoCamp, Benazadi.com. He has written such books as The Perfect Health Booklet, uh, Simple Steps Proven to Transform Your Health, The Intermittent Fasting Cheat Sheet, and The Power of Sleep. Uh, more importantly, um, Ben and I spent some time together in where were we, Orlando about a week, week and a half ago. And uh, to be honest, it was, it was a, a business mastermind that I thought was actually awesome. And I didn't think I was going to gravitate towards the, the section you did as much because I've seen so many people 
talk about diet and keto, but the way you present it and the things that you brought up just were so, I don't know, just the way your facts were and the way everything was presented, it was such a, a punch in the face that it was almost... I'd say one of the most impactful things of the entire weekend, I immediately came home and started implementing a lot of stuff. And you just made me aware of why a lot of things were important. So um, I immediately asked if I could get you on the podcast and I'm really happy you did it. So um, I was just telling you right before we started to record how I'm like Ben Azadi proofing my house now with like my refrigerator and like all my electronics and things like that. But, uh, but it was really cool. So I wanted to dig into a, a bunch of different stuff. You know, first off, one of the things I love about this podcast is it's not really supposed to be a real estate podcast. It's basically for anybody that's just killing it in anything and just bringing their best. So I wanted you to just talk a little bit about yourself and your background because I, I was shocked to hear that you said you used to actually be obese and now you don't look like you have an ounce of fat on you. But, um, you know, again, part of the thing that I like is that it's not really the the thing you were presenting was the health really shouldn't be about just looking good on the beach. It should really be from the inside out, which I feel is really where me and, and a lot of people that I deal with is we, especially jujitsu guys, I think we tend to be very feast or famine. A lot of my fighter buddies that you have a competition or a fight coming up. So you're very, very strict for, you know, six, eight, 12 weeks. And then it's like, off the rails, food, booze, like going on vacations, eating crap. And, you know, I, I'll go through drive throughs every day and, you know, I'm a huge I'm like McRib addict, but then I'll go run 10 miles. Whereas now I'm starting to see like, it shouldn't be me trying to be healthy to shed all the crappy food I'm eating. It should be me eating healthy to be healthy from the inside out. And then the other results will transform. So I'll let you kind of take it from there and just tell a little bit about yourself and what you've been through. Yeah. Well, thank you for that introduction and for having me. It was so great to connect with you in Orlando. We definitely had a great weekend learning from some of the best in uh, not just real estate, but just self-development, Tim and Lee and Francis. And it was great to, to meet you. And I'm glad that you shared that because you shared it with me last week about the not looking forward to the health portion because you're right. There's a lot of people out there just kind of reiterating the same old, same old, eat more fruits and vegetables, <laughs> count your calories, count your macros, diet, I just move more. And, uh, and I told you from the beginning, I'm, I told you that it was going to be unlike anything you came across. So I'm glad that that was the case. And you're Ben Azadi proofing your household <laughs> as you were sharing. Uh, it's so important though, to have the awareness, right? Because there's so much information out there enough to just make your, your head explode. You go on Dr. Google and you, you type in what is the keto diet, which by the way, was the number one searched health term in 2018. And then it's up there in 2019. What is the keto diet? You're going to get so much conflicting information and not even just about keto, anything. You're going to get conflicting inter information on anything you search for. So it's, who do you believe? How do you know what's right? How do you know what's best for you? Uh, and I take it as a duty, responsibility, and obligation to do a lot of the research, to experiment and curate that information that's very easy to digest with actionable steps that make a big difference. And that's what my goal was when I gave that presentation in Orlando. And that's my goal right now on this, on this podcast episode. Uh, so going back to who I was, uh, obese for sure. Uh, I know I don't look like it right now. I look like I'm lean and healthy, but most of my life, the first 24 years, Nick, I was very much unhealthy. My parents 
immigrated from Iran in the 1970s. Uh, they had my sister, they had me, and my mom worked three jobs. One of those jobs was a assistant manager at Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> and she would come home on most nights and she would bring home leftover fried chicken. And I ate that leftover fried chicken. It, it showed with my body because I <laughs> ballooned. I, I was obese and I was that fat kid who grew up who had low self-confidence, low self-esteem, no entrepreneurial aspirations. I was just tiptoeing my way through life, hoping to make it safely to death. Honestly, I was depressed. I was um, low self-confidence. I was addicted to drugs and video games. And I did not know anything about health, about exercise. I never exercised in my life. It wasn't until 20, I hit 24 years old, which is back in 2008, 2009, that I went through a rock bottom. Ex-girlfriend broke up with me working at a packing and shipping store here in Miami that was very uninspiring. And I was devastated by the breakup, my, my girlfriend, ex-girlfriend who broke up with me. And I was lost in life. And I wanted to actually kill myself. I was looking on Google for, for ways to, to kill myself, but I kept thinking about my mom and what I would leave for her. So it stopped me from pursuing that. And then enter books. If you're, if you're watching this, you see books around me. I started reading books for the first time in my life. Started reading Wayne Dyer and Bob Proctor and all these amazing authors. And it really opened up a brand new world that I never saw before, a brand new horizon. And I realized that I was blaming everyone for my problems, but the only person responsible for my problems is the person in the mirror. It's me. I, I am responsible for everything in my life. So I decided to take control in the one area that will make every other area lift up if I focus on this area. And that's health because health is your true wealth. It pays the best dividends. It helps your business skyrocket. It helps your relationships improve. It helps every area in your life because let's look at the opposite. When you don't have your health, when you have poor health, every area in your life suffers. And I, and I spoke about this in Orlando. If you're unhealthy, you are selfish. It's the most selfish thing you can do is to become unhealthy because your friends, your family, your business partners, they don't get your truest version. They don't get your greatest personality. How could they if you have brain fog, if you're hurting all the time, if you have low energy? How could they get your greatest version? If you go on a trip to Europe for a month because you're crushing it with your finances, but then you're there with your family and you're complaining all the time because you're hurting, you need a nap, it's not gonna be beneficial. But if you focus on your health, everything will improve. So I understood this back then from reading books. Fast forward nine months back then when I took responsibility, I went from 250 pounds at that moment that I took responsibility. Nine months later, I went down to 170 pounds. So I lost about 80 pounds of, of toxic fat, 34% body fat to 6% body fat. I, I used to wear a size 38 waist in my jeans. I went down to size 30. But more importantly than the physical transformation, I carved out what I call a mental six pack. That is more important because you mentioned at the beginning, there's a lot of people who are fit, but they're not healthy on the inside. They're healthy. Uh, they look healthy on the outside, but they're what I call fit, sick people. And that's not what it's about. It, uh, uh, having a six pack, a physical six pack is great, but more importantly is a mental six pack. And if you can have both even better. So that was the start of me getting into the health space. I became a personal trainer, opened up a CrossFit gym, became a health coach, and I started writing books and kind of fast forward today. That's what I'm about 100%. That's awesome, man. Well, I'm glad you made that transformation. I'm glad you didn't make any rash emotional decisions because, um, you know, it's as I'm getting older in life, I'm seeing more and more people are, are really 
struggling. Like I, I see more and more the biggest things. And I was just having this conversation with somebody that I don't know if it's just that I'm more aware of it now because there's social media. So people are posting their feelings instead of communicating with people. And instead of it being an internal circle of your 5, 10, 15 closest friends, it's thousands of people that you may normally not have had those conversations with. But it's amazing how once a week I'm seeing somebody that I barely know posting on social media about how they're on the verge of suicide or some type of emotional breakdown. And, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy, but I completely agree. I think when you, me and uh, Shane were sitting at lunch, I was talking about how, cause he was like, man, I could have sugar. It's, I literally got a DNA test that it has no effect on me. And I was like, well, yeah, but even if it doesn't affect you as far as like being fat, I find that when I eat junk, as good as it feels when I'm eating it, my mood, my productivity, my irritability, my energy level just gets zapped. And, um, and I'm sure that that's having a massive mental uh, effect too on, on a lot of people when they're eating all this crap out there and doing all these things that I'm sure you see every single day. It is, absolutely. If you, if you look at the body, uh, if you just study the physiology of the body and you look at what happens when you consume, and when we say sugar, it doesn't necessarily have to be sugar. It could be carbohydrates, whole grains, healthy carbs. In fact, two slices of whole grain wheat bread is equivalent to 12 ounces of Coca-Cola when it comes to a blood sugar spike, right? So your body turns into sugar. Even excess protein is turned into sugar, but healthy fats are not. So we'll get back to that. So let's say you just study physiology, which I have done, and you just look at all the byproducts that, the, that are created after consuming sugar. It's a long list of things. And I compared it at the seminar to um, uh, a, a Mack truck speeding through the highway with all this exhaust, exhaust uh, smoke coming out of its exhaust pipe. So that's what it's like when your body and, and cells are using sugar and the brain using sugar. When you convert and you start eating more healthy fats, and maybe you do some sort of keto paleo diet, you're eating more healthy fats. I compare that to a Tesla, right? Clean energy and the byproducts that are created is a shorter list. So if you can teach your body to do that and, and make that shift, because when you, when you consume sugar and when you consume things that turn into sugar in the body, it raises glucose and insulin higher than if you consume more protein and fat. And the significance of that is whenever you raise pro, whenever you raise glucose and insulin, you're automatically storing fat. And then when that glucose and insulin spikes back down, so does your energy level. So then you have unstable energy levels, like you mentioned, and then you have hunger cravings and you want to eat something every two to three hours. So it's just not the way we were designed to be. We're designed to burn fat as the primary fuel source. Nice, nice. So a couple of the things that I thought were really cool that I, I'd like to at least touch on on some level if, if you're willing to go into it, definitely the five things that you were saying could potentially increase your cancer risk that are basic things that you can just adjust around your house or on your diet um, that I thought were really cool. And the other thing that I definitely would love your take on is it seems to be the hot, I'd say two words actually, not just one, but definitely keto. Keto is a big thing out there now. And so is intermittent fasting, which I'm sure there's different levels of it. I'm sure there's different ins and outs of it. And I'm sure there's people out there giving it bad advice on it as well as ones that are, that are good. Um, you know, I, I just talked to one of my buddies and I, I use the same analogy for real estate that people tend to hear something and think that that means it's good. So I feel like the old buzzword used to be foreclosures. Oh my goodness, it's a foreclosure. I want it because I can make money on foreclosures. And I go, well, just because it's a foreclosure doesn't mean it's a good deal and you can make money on it. And now I hear the hot word is like off market. 
oh, it's an off-market deal. Yeah, but that doesn't mean it's good. It could still be a house that nobody's selling that's not going to make you any money. So I think there's probably similar things that you come across in your industry with keto and intermittent fasting that people hear, well, that's good. That's what I should be doing. That's the new buzzword or the new whatever. Um, so, you know, I don't have that experience on it. You are the first person that really I heard talk about it that just gave it in a way that, that made sense and made it seem like there were small steps and things I could do right now and implement it without making a massive change in my day-to-day lifestyle that would make a day-to-day immediate change in, in my health that I thought was cool. So what's your take on all the, the kind of fads and quick things that are out there with keto and intermittent fasting? Yeah, great, great comparison to real estate. There's no cookie cutter approach to real estate. There's no cookie cutter approach to keto fasting or, or anybody's health, right? So when you hear when you hear about keto, and I mentioned is one of the most searched terms on Dr. Google, a lot of people say, yeah, it's it's just a fad. It's like Atkins diet back in the 80s, and it'll go away soon. What they don't understand is that keto is a state of being. Uh, it's actually been around since forever, for millions of years. It's your body's way of producing ketones because when there's no sugar available, when your body has burned through its sugar reserves, which we want to do, the next option for the brain to function is ketones. The liver starts producing ketones. that actually fuels the brain three times more than glucose. So it's a physiological process. It's not necessarily a diet. It's not about eating high fat although that can be a part of it, it's just about depleting your glycogen stores, going low carb enough so your body can start producing ketones. And there is no one way to do keto. Like you said, the, the foreclosures and the off-market. Well, same thing with keto. If you say, oh yeah, you go to McDonald's, right? And you get, you mentioned McRibs, but <laughs> you get a Big Mac, for, for instance, and you take off the buns and, you, and technically it's keto because it's protein and fat. But is that healthy? Is that actually going to get you the results you want? No, absolutely not because there's going to be vegetable oils. There's going to be toxic meat, toxic cheese from tortured animals. So there's, there's a right way to do keto, which I call clean keto. And then there's a wrong way to do it, which is dirty keto. There's a big influencers in the keto space who have millions of followers and they teach people how to eat keto at McDonald's, how to eat keto at these fast food restaurants. And I'm just, you know, it's just, it's just a wrong, you shouldn't spend energy and time teaching people how to do that. I understand that people, some people don't have the means to buy grass-fed and organic all the time, but just doing your best with what you got and staying away from you know, toxic sources will make a big difference. So I want to break down real quick, what is dirty keto, right? What are the, the main things that contribute to cancer, like you mentioned? Vegetable oils, number one. Uh, and I mentioned this uh, at the talk, and you were talking about how you, clean, you did an audit and you cleaned house on vegetable oils. I love that. And I, I hope the person listening does the same thing. Vegetable oils, well, what are vegetable oils? Canola, grapeseed oil, sunflower oil, safflower oil, soybean oil, and peanut oil. So those are the six ones. If you have this in your, in your kitchen or in your kids' foods, which by the way, they're everywhere, you got you to remove it because it creates massive amounts of inflammation around the cells. We are made up of 70 trillion cells. And when you have inflammation around your cells, it communicates to your DNA to start turning on bad genes, to turn on cancerous genes, to turn on disease. And it, it's so toxic to the body. It's worse than sugar. If I had the option between drinking soda all day or, or eating cooked vegetable oils, I'll choose the soda because at least I could exercise some of that sugar. You can't exercise off vegetable oils. And I made the comparison if I had, I made the, um, the statement also that if I had a choice between smoking a cigarette each day or consuming cooked vegetable oils, I would still smoke the cigarette over the vegetable oils because I've read studies. I've read this one study that showed 
one plate of French fries that was fried in canola oil, vegetable oil, resulted in five months of cellular membrane dysfunction. So that's five minutes of pleasure for five months of dysfunction. It's just not worth it because that's dirty keto. But you could simply just make the swap over to healthy keto and have avocado oil, olive oil, coconut oil, grass-fed ghee, grass-fed butter. These are much healthier options. So that would be the first step right there. Low-hanging fruit. Look at your kitchen. Look at the food, the ingredients on the food you're giving your children and swap it out for the healthier variety. I think that that's so crazy. I mean, that's such a basic thing that when you said it, I was like, vegetable oil, how is that not, you know, and, and I'm sure it's part of the marketing there, but I've never heard that before. You know, I'm thinking I'm doing good putting vegetable oil on stuff. And you're thinking that the thing that makes it bad is that it's a French fry. And then it's what it's fried in that's actually making it worse, which, you know, thinking back made sense. So I did go and look at some of the things and I swapped them out for like, you can get basically fried sweet potatoes, fried zucchini, fried broccoli, things that look and almost taste like French fries. And they give me the, the mental satiation, like I'm eating something I shouldn't be. But I am, you know, is, is really doing a good job of killing those cravings and having them here instead of going out and being like, well, I don't have food here. So now I have to go through a drive through. I feel like that's been the biggest thing for me is just knowing to read the labels and see what it's cooked with. But I guarantee most people that I know, I, I think everybody in that room we were sitting and when you said that was like, holy crap, like I thought, like I knew avocado oils and, and coconut oils and stuff were healthy, but I didn't know that vegetable oils were not. Yeah. And like you said, it's, it's, it's the marketing. There's so much money, billions of dollars behind vegetable oils. It's so cheap to produce. They're, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're doing a good job at selling it and, and promoting it as healthy. I mean, they, some of the vegetable oils have the ADA, uh, not the ADA, the American Heart, H-A-A-H-A, the American Heart Association saying it's heart healthy. And there's just a lot of corruption behind it. It's really not healthy because the way that it's extracted, it's already that vegetable oil is rancid and spoiled before you even cook it, before you even have it on your shelf. It's, it's rancid because the extraction process, and you can go on YouTube and watch these videos of how they do it. Very high heat, very toxic. And that oil, then they put in a bottle, it's already toxic and rancid before it's even sold on the shelf. So it, it's very much not healthy. And it's having the awareness to kind of know this and then make a better decision. Now, the, the other thing that you were touching on that I thought you did such a great analogy of that I never really understood was you gave the analogy of the refrigerator and the expired food and, and how intermittent fasting really does that. And I, I think when I always used to hear intermittent fasting, for some reason, I thought that that meant you didn't eat for the whole day. I didn't even realize that your sleep hours actually play part of that and that it's really not that bad or that hard to do if you time it right. And even basic things like I was telling you a guy that I know that is not by any means a stretch of the imagination, a representation of health, lost all this weight in a short amount of time. And when I asked him what he did, he was like, look, I just don't eat after eight. He's like, that was the biggest thing I did. And you know, he, he cut portions a little bit, but he was like, man, like broccoli and chicken, I don't eat that shit. He's like, I want my spaghetti. I want my meatballs. Like I'm an Italian guy. So he was able to leave his diet a little bit the way he is, but just change some of the discipline of of when he started eating and ended eating. And even since I've been doing that, I'm just making my last meal, you know, I'd shoot for 6.30, but usually eight o'clock. And then I'll try not to eat again until lunch. But like you said, the old breakfast is the most important meal of the day is, is complete crap. And, and when you said it about how the fasting gets all the expired food out of your, your refrigerator, 
like those stories stick with me. Like I, I learn really well like that. So um, explain to people who don't really know or think they may be doing it what what you had said at that meeting about what intermittent fasting actually does and some of the benefits for 12 hours versus 16 hours. Uh, intermittent fasting is, it's not really about eating less. It's about eating less often, going a period of time without food. Like your buddy who lost all the weight, he just changed his eating, his meal timing and it made a big difference. So can you, ma- and I've seen that before, but can you imagine if you change your meal timing by incorporating intermittent fasting and you change your, your choices, that's even, you'll get even better results. Uh, because weight loss is not a, the, the main indicator for health. Although a lot of people would like to lose weight and that's great, but it's not a main indicator of health because we don't lose weight to get healthy. We get healthy to lose weight and keto and fasting are two powerful ways to do it. So 12 hours should be the bare minimum. Every single human being should go at least, because it takes about 12 to 14 hours to process food, to go um, from eating it to out the colon. So you want to make sure you're giving yourself at least 12 hours. Otherwise, you get this backlog and you get digestive issues. That could lead to autoimmune diseases, like leaky gut leads to autoimmune diseases. So 12 hours should be the bare minimum. So what does that look like on, on your schedule? You're done eating at 8 p.m. like your buddy, and then you just wait until 8 a.m. for your next meal. 12-hour fast, you're using sleep. If you could push that out until lunchtime and just skip breakfast, maybe have some coffee and tea, then you that's a 16-hour fast. And that's a good schedule right there. 16 hours fasting, eight-hour eating window. So all of your, mo- your, your meals, all of your food is between 12 p.m. and 8 p.m. You're still eating the same amount of calories. You're just having them in a certain window. There's many benefits to doing this. Weight loss is one of them. Better energy and clarity and focus is another one. But the main benefit, the most important benefit is is autophagy. And I mentioned what autophagy is. Autophagy stands for self-eating. And your body is so sophisticated and so smart that it's going to start using damaged cells and damaged proteins. So the analogy that I gave that left an impression with you, Nick, is a refrigerator that has groceries inside of it. Every grocery has an expiration date. What will happen if you let all those groceries pass its expiration date and expire, but instead of taking those expired groceries that are rotten now and taking them out of the fridge and throwing them into the trash, you just kind of push them towards the back of the fridge and you buy new groceries, open that fridge door, put those new groceries in front of the old expired groceries and just close that door it's going to be nasty, right? There's going to be toxic toxins, mold, bacteria. There's going to be disease. The human body is like that refrigerator. We have cells, we have protein, we have our DNA, mitochondria, things that are inside of our cells that all have expiration dates. And if we don't take the time to throw out these expired groceries, then disease, bacteria, and nasty things start to happen in the body. So when we look at that, we look at our cells in the body, we know that we need to take time to throw out these, these, this trash. In fact, 70 billion cells per day need to be recycled. And one of the most powerful ways to get this recycling process going is autophagy. How do you activate autophagy? The most powerful way to do it is with fasting. So it all, it's, it's all coming full circle here. So when you practice intermittent fasting, the body is so freaking smart and sophisticated that it's going to seek out the damaged cells, so the expired groceries first and use that for fuel before it touches any of the good stuff. So your body's actually recycling all these damaged cells, throwing it out, throwing it into the trash. And it's a great, powerful way to prevent disease and live a long, healthy life. I think that's awesome. You know, for me, I'm a big believer in education. And, you know, there's a time and a place to ask when and why, you know, I don't want to be the guy who just questions things when I shouldn't, but 
I also do feel like I've, I've, I've seen so many people that just say, we'll do this. Well, why? Well, because I said so. My personality doesn't really, that bothers me, you know? So when I understand why I'm doing something and the, important, and the, the importance of it, makes me want to do it. You know, again, I'm a big jujitsu guy. So, well, why don't I do this? Well, go ahead, try it. See if it works. It's like, okay, well, that doesn't work. Well, that's why I look at all these things that happen and you start to see it's for your own good. And you are the first person that I've heard actually give a really scientific reason of this is what this is doing for you. And this is why, whereas I know everybody hears intermittent fasting is good and I'm doing it. But if I ask 99% of the people I know that do it, why they're doing it or what it's doing for their body, they don't know. They just know that somebody told somebody or somebody knew somebody who lost a lot of weight doing it. So they're doing it now. But that type of thing, when you're like, holy crap, like now I understand what that's doing to my body and how just by not doing that, all the good things I'm doing aren't even really getting in because I'm all clogged up and backed up. Like I really am a big believer in education and understanding will breed that change for most people, you know? So I think what you're doing, doing is huge. And that, that's part of why it was just Again, I mean, I mean, I've been into health, I've been into weightlifting, I've been into exercising, MMA, boxing, track and field, soccer, all these things for years. I've read books, I've hired coaches, and you were the first person that within 30 minutes, I was like, man, I've never heard it like that. I've never heard it delivered like that. I've never seen. So, I mean, I just, I really think what you're doing is important and huge. And it was enough to make me actually go home and order all these pre-done meals from the places that you said and you know, I, I don't do the, I come home from a weekend like that, I'm tired. And I feel like, you know what? I, I did a mastermind. I paid all this money. I learned all these things. I deserve a number two from McDonald's. And like, that's where my head goes. Whereas I came home now and I was like, no, like, I, I really don't want that anymore. I want that crap out. I want to have these habits. I, I don't want to see you in 90 days and look worse and feel worse and have you be like, well, I told you these things, you didn't do anything with it. So, man, I just, I think what you're doing is huge and it's really helped me out a lot and just, I think people are going to hear stuff like that the more that they see you saying those things and go, holy crap, yeah, wow, that's why I'm going to do that. And putting that with what you have of, you know, I'm shutting off my Wi-Fi at night, I'm making sure I'm, I'm monitoring everything down, and I'm trying to actually get to bed by 10 or 11 and wake up by 5 or 6. So now I'm not getting those because that's where I get in trouble is I'm up working late. As I'm working late, I'm getting hungry and tired. I'm making bad choices. Then I wake up in the morning and I feel like crap because I ate late, late, you know? So it's just a, a vicious cycle. So just collaboratively business-wise, like getting to bed earlier, turning those things off, creating better habits. I'm sleeping better. I'm waking up with more energy and it's just, you know, basic things, man, that I think are awesome. I get a lot of questions from people on uh, wanting to pick my brain, wanting to ask me about what I do, how do I do it, all kinds of things across the spectrum. One of the things I try and answer back with is there's a few different ways that we can work together. People can either um, participate by being a buyer, being a seller, or being a partner, and that's really the best way to learn. So. If people have questions that have reached out to me, the best thing to do is jump on www.nicknicknick.com and you can schedule a consultation if you're looking to sell properties, buy part properties, partner on some deals, or just get a general consultation to see where we can even fit in and where we can do business together. On any level, there's options for that to set some stuff up. So please visit www.nicknicknick.com to buy, to sell, or to partner on real estate deals or opportunities. That is the place to go. That is the best way to start making money and learning the process. I, I appreciate all the stuff you're doing. As you could tell, I'm 
I'm pretty excited about it. So, so oh, I love it. Yeah, that's it, as you should be because it makes a big difference. And I love it because you took action on it. You took action. You heard it and it resonated with you. That's one thing. But then the second thing is I also taking action action because nothing nothing happens until uh, action is taken and I, and I have a shirt that says that action takers rule the world so many people will hear that they'll probably i've seen i mean i've spoken in front of so many people and not everybody takes action it, they'll, they'll they'll get they'll, it'll resonate with them and they'll think about it but then they don't take action and and nothing will change i mean you can have the best intentions in the world but the world doesn't reward intentions it rewards action so i always tell people if you just you're thinking about doing something but you don't actually take action to do it, that's like winking at a at a pretty girl with the lights off. It's ineffective. <laughs> It'll not get you the results you want. So you got to take action. So I acknowledge you for taking action, brother. It's good, man. I like that. But you're absolutely right. And it's funny because the the more I surround myself with successful people, it's all the same cliche stuff you hear about. You know, you have to take action. You have to be bold. You have to take risks. The journey of a milestone. And when I go to beginners and I say these things, they roll their eyes like, ah, oh, I could read that out of a book. And it's like, well, these are the things that work. There's a reason that these sayings and these cliches have been around for decades and decades and decades. But, you know, some people want that silver bullet. You know, the, uh, I said this a couple other times, but one of my friends, uh, Eddie Chuck Gordon, he's a, he's a UFC fighter. He's got like his whole like truck boot camp and he does a lot of these things. And he said he, he doesn't want to teach somebody how to lose weight in 30 days. It's a crash diet. It's not going to stick. He wants people to change habits. And he was like, business wise, it's probably not the best thing for him because his goal is for somebody to not need him in 90 to 120 days. And he tells them, look, I'm going to give you things that are going to take three or four months, but if you do them and you stick with them, they're going to last a lifetime and you never have to call me again. And they go, yeah, but that guy for 150 bucks, he's promising me I can do this in two weeks. I don't have to do anything. He's like, yeah, because it's crap. That's a get rich quick scheme. That's a lose weight quick scheme. It, it doesn't actually work. And they know it, but they still go, yeah, but that doesn't sound like as much work. I'm just going to do that. Knowing that it's not going to work. Like people just don't want to put the extra time and really make those changes. And I always give that example of there's a reason why people who win the lottery are broke again within a year. It's because they didn't create good habits with money. Same thing with diets. Those crash diets you see on TV. Yeah, maybe somebody looks good on the beach for 30 days, but go look at them in six months. They probably weigh more than when they started because they didn't really change any of their habits, their internal health and stuff like that. So I'm sure that gets frustrating for you when you give people advice and they don't make the changes and then they come back six months later looking for another silver bullet or some magic pill. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the microwave thinking. People want initial results and you could get, you could get initial results if you start counting your calories and cutting your calories and exercising more for sure. You'll get, you'll lose some weight and you'll feel a little bit better. And then what happens? I mean, you're going to gain all that weight back and you wrecked your metabolism. Now your hormones are all wonky. So if you want long-term proven results, then you take action on what Nick and I are talking about. But if you're a microwave thinker, then this is probably not a good episode for you to listen to because it's, it's just, it's, nobody wants to take responsibility. And I've been there myself. I, once you take responsibility and take action and you are persistent and you start swapping out bad habits with healthy habits, it's just a matter of time. I mean, it takes 66 days to develop a new habit. That's according to the University of College London, not 21 days, not 30, not 40, it's 66 days on average. That's when your brain has new neural pathways that are created. And when I say a new habit, it could be a bad habit or it could be a, a good habit. But the, the thing about habits is that the chains of habits are too weak to be felt until they're too strong to be broken. 
So once you got those neural neural grooves paved, it's very hard to break that habit until you change it for another 66 days. But if you could get somebody to coach you like Nick has done, I, I have a coach. I'm a coach and I have a coach. And I think anybody who calls themselves a coach should also have a coach. When you have somebody to guide you after 66 days, you have these neural pathways, then it's just second nature. But if you give up and you quit beforehand, then you're never going to create this new pathway. And that's why so many people are not getting the results they want. So you got to stick with it and be persistent. Yeah, you know, I, I agree with you. And that, that accountability really helps. I literally have an accountability coach and my accountability coach has an accountability coach. Like mm-hmm. that's what successful people do. And, and I think people, especially starting out, they go, ah, you know what? Like, I don't want to pay for this. I don't want to pay for that. And they think that even if they do, this is the only time I'm going to do it. And then, but things change, diets change, health changes, your goals change. And then you want to level up, which is all part of like what we're doing, you know, and the stuff I learned from the people that I just started with 14 years ago are not the same stuff. And, you know, I'm, I, take jujitsu classes all the time with great guys, but then I take a private lesson with Matt Sarah and it's just that other just level of, of knowledge and mat time and stuff that like you, you can't really get. And then he, he doesn't want to be the biggest fish. So he'll go to Henzo. Like it's just, it's a never anything. And I think that's how you grow and that's how you continue to grow and how everybody rises ties together. And that whole water finds its own level. It, it's, it's constantly raising up. So I do love what you said that. And that's something I'll always do. I'll always pay for, you know, bigger minds and bigger growth and bigger goals and bigger experiences. So I'm never the person who's, you know, sitting there wondering what happened or getting left behind. I think it's such an important piece of success with, with everything in life, you know? I love it. Yeah. You stand on the shoulders of giants and you pay yeah. for it. You pay, you pay to get access to that. And that, that's what it's about. Cause the, the return on investment is, is much more than what you pay. Yeah. Yeah. So the other thing that I thought was just, it blew me away and it's making me completely insane. Cause I'm so paranoid about it now was the EMF stuff, which you gave, you know, the, the brain cancer thing with, I, I, I see that you have the cord on your, your headphones yeah. <laughs> now. So I, I got rid of all my Bluetooth stuff. I wanted the fender shield. I'm waiting for all that stuff to come, but that's such a thing that just made sense that I think everybody's heard all these things are bad. Like these frequencies can give you cancer, but I don't think people like it's growing so much. And now everything everywhere is Bluetooth and Wi-Fi and like no cords and, and now 5g and uh, the, one of my real estate students, he was installing 5g in, in DC for Verizon. And he was like, dude, 5G's coming out in like six months. He's like, I'm terrified. He's like, us installing it. They make us wear like radiation gear and all this crazy stuff. He's like, they hide the 5G poles with these things that look like trees now. So people aren't even going to realize that they're there. He's like, and then like two weeks later, I see that my phone transferred over to 5G. And I'm like, it's in my pocket now. And that bone density thing you told me scared the crap out of me that I won't even put my phone in my pockets now. I'm like trying to find ways to do things. So probably going to freak people out, but like jump into that, man. Cause I thought that, that was just nuts. That changed everything for me that I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm probably overboard now, but it, it was terrifying. Yeah. I, good. I mean, it should, that's what t- helps people take action. So I'm glad that it did that and you took the action. And some people think that it's a little woo woo and there's not enough science to, to prove it's damage, but the science is there. If you look for it, it's just been, you know, buried by a lot of money. We, we can't, we can't escape, 
uh, EMFs. EMFs stand for electromagnetic frequencies, and they come in the form of wireless signals, Bluetooth, cell phone, now 5G, which is a powerful EMF signaler. Uh, comes from all, all over the place. We're, we're not going to be able to escape it. That's for sure. It, it's it's here and it's here to stay. And, and it's wonderful because it's allowing us to conduct this interview right now. It allows me to grow my bird, my business, my brand. But it's double-edged sword. So there's a, there's things you can do uh, throughout your day if you have the awareness and you're just making these simple changes. And you mentioned a few of them. It'll make a big difference. And when it comes to EMF, it's all about duration and proximity. The close it is and the longer it's close uh, near you the more damage it does it actually creates cellular damage and and the bone density thing let, let me um share that dave asprey who is the 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 founder of bulletproof bullet he wrote the bulletproof diet he has a book called headstrong very very uh, awesome guy he did a bone density scan and it showed 10 percent less bone density in his left hip pocket where he had his cell phone that he carried all the time it was eating away at his freaking bones. And then you look at these, these brilliant cancer uh, doctors, these oncologists. I, I was just in Nashville and I shared this. I was in Nashville earlier this year and there was about six or seven doctors, brilliant oncologists. And they all said the number one concern when it comes to cancer, it's not even food, although that's a concern. It's not even uh, you know lack of exercise or all these other things. It is actually EMFs, that was their number one concern when it comes to this cancer risk because it's growing at such a rapid rate. Excessive EMFs. And one of the doctors shared about in this in the 80s when she started her practice, there's a type of cancer called glioblastoma, which is a which is brain cancer. And back then in the 80s, the only people in her clinic, the only patients who ever had that cancer were 40, 50, 60 year old executive males who had their self, those big ass cell phones that they had against their head all the time. Now she says every single week, she'll have a teenage woman, a teenage girl, a teenage boy, or a 20 or 25 year old woman or, or male who has the same cancer. Because why? So many people are putting their cell phone to their head proximity and they're talking for hours duration. And that is a number one killer right there. It's creating a lot of problems. So rule number one here is never put your cell phone to your head, put it on speakerphone. I always have mine on speakerphone or I'm wearing a wired headset and I'm talking through that. Keep it away from your head. When I'm in airports, dude, and you see it now, I'm sure that now that you have the awareness, what is it? Like 50% of people are having their phone to their head and they're just there. I see pregnant ladies, <laughs> pregnant women with the phone to their head, their phone on their belly while they talk. And it's just, it's, it's, I just want to go up to these people and, you know, educate them, but obviously you know, <laughs> they're, they're going to just think I'm crazy, but that's rule number one. Just put your phone on speakerphone, stop wearing your Bluetooth headsets, including those Apple AirPods, which I used to wear during my workouts. And I do not wear anymore. Turning your Wi-Fi router off on when you're going to bed because you don't need Wi-Fi. So turn it off and just do these little things. Keep it out of your pocket. Buy Defender Shield things. Put your phone on airplane mode. Doing these little tweaks goes a long way. Yeah, that's huge. So is, is there other things out there like that? That the, is the, I know Defender, I think like DefenderShield.com is a brand that I guess they have like covers and stuff that will limit some of the EMFs that are coming off of your, you know, your general um, electronic stuff, right? Yeah, Defender Shield is a great company who has a lot of, they have things for iPads. So if you have children and they're on the iPad, you could just put this casing around it. There's, um, there is EMF uh, magnets, meaning it, it, it deflects EMFs. And uh, if you do a Google search and put EMF magnet deflector or something like that, that should pop up. I'm not sure if Defense Shield has that. Here's, I don't think I shared this, but here's another hack that just came to mind. Another tip. Uh, a 
A great way to reduce the inflammation caused by EMFs or a lot of high EMFs is to do something called grounding. Uh, and that just means walking barefoot. Honestly, walking barefoot on grass or sand has profound effects on reducing EMFs. The earth literally pulls some of this uh, charge, this EMF buildup from the body because the earth is struck by lightning thousands of times every second. And it's very electrical dense. So when you walk barefoot on planet earth, preferably on the beach, but if you don't live close to the beach on any kind of patch of grass, it's literally pulling um, in, uh, EMFs out of your body. It, and it's taking, it's like taking a handful of antioxidants. So that's, if you do that for 15 to 30, 30 minutes a day, you'll, you'll notice a big difference. That's awesome. That's awesome. We'll start doing that too. Um, yeah. As far as the intermittent fasting goes, I was thinking about this this morning. So in the morning when I wake up, I take some um, some vitamin D and I take a couple of multivitamins and I take um, bromelain with turmeric because I get a lot of information from you know jujitsu years. But it says to take it when you first wake up on an empty stomach. Is that ruining the intermittent fast if I'm taking those like pills or those like gummy vitamins in the morning? Because I'm not eating like meals, but I don't know if that's killing the process. If it has carbs in it or protein, it, it could negate some of that autophagy. Because anytime you raise glucose and insulin, uh, when glucose and insulin goes up, autophagy goes down. So if it has, uh, you can check the label, if it has carbohydrates or protein, it's probably raising glucose and insulin. As a matter of fact, it is. So I would say if it has that to have them with your meals, maybe when you break your fast later on. But if it doesn't have that, if it's just vitamins without any protein or carbohydrates, then you should be good. Okay. Awesome. As, as far as workouts and stuff, um, I, I, so when I was actually training to fight, I would not do my cardio in the morning because I didn't want to be a punching bag for the sparring later on and like run five, 10 miles in the morning and then I can't move. So I would do my cardio at night. But when I was doing my cardio at night and, and sparring and training during the day, I was eating better. I was healthier. I had better eating and drinking habits, but I didn't lose as much weight. And then when we switched it over that I wasn't competing and I could just train whenever I wanted, I would wake up in the morning and I would do cardio first thing in the morning. And then I would just train whatever through the day because the training wasn't as intense. I didn't have to be as on point, but I would be eating fast food and drinking alcohol and I cut way more weight when I was doing the cardio in the morning, eating crappier. And I, you know, I understand internally, I pro probably wasn't as healthy, but is there any science behind why that happens? Or, you know, I'm sure if I was doing that and eating clean, I probably would have had an even better result, but I just thought it was like amazing to see the difference in how I lost more weight with worse habits just from switching the time of day I was exercising. Were you exercising in the morning uh, on an empty stomach? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there, that's it. That's it right there. Because your body is just, you, so think about it this way. When you wake up in the morning, your glycogen stores, which is where you store carbohydrates, where your body, it's your sugar reserves, uh, it's stored in your liver and also in your muscle cells. When you're sleeping overnight, obviously you're not eating. So your body is burning through your sugar reserves throughout the night. So when you wake up in the morning, it's already low and then you exercise, you're going to completely deplete that. And then the next process for the body is, oh, we need to get energy from somewhere. So it's actually starts, it breaks down fat and gives your, your body energy. So that's what's happening there. You're actually, we're able to tap into your fat stores for energy during a cardio, a fasted cardio workout, which is one of the tips I give my clients, do a, a fasted cardio workout in the morning and you'll burn a lot more fat. You could burn a lot more than what you would do later on in the day with the full glycogen stores. Uh, something else you can do, by the way, another tip that I give my clients is drink green tea before your fasted workout because green tea has something in it called catechins 
and catechins have been shown to target belly fat. Okay. And the caffeine in the green tea could increase your metabolism short term to burn more calories during that workout. So if you do that, green tea, fasted cardio, and then if you do something else, a cold shower after that workout, you even burn more fat because your body activates something called brown fat, which burns three times more calories than white fat. And you activate it when you're shivering like a cold shower. So that's a three step approach for, for blasting fat. That's awesome. And, you know, you reminded me the the caffeine thing was really eye opening, too, because, you know, my, my friends who know me well know I, I'm kind of addicted to energy drinks, which I'm sure isn't the best. But over the years of addictions I've had, that's, you know, you're going to have something that's probably not the worst one. But I did switch to I really only drink the Zevia energy drinks now. So I'm sure they're not great, but they're the lesser of the evils for some of the stuff that's out there. They don't have sugar. They have more natural sweeteners. But you had said, um, which I've switched since I saw you that the best time to have your morning caffeine is 90 minutes after you wake up. So usually I roll out of bed, I crack an energy drink or I grab coffee. Now I'm waiting an hour and a half to do that. And then I I had trouble sleeping. I I can fall asleep anywhere, but I can't stay asleep. And what you had said about the half-lives on it, I thought were really interesting. So now I'm making sure that I'm waiting 90 minutes after I wake up and I'm trying not to have any after 12 o'clock because of what you said with the half-lives that sometimes you're tired but you can't sleep. So I thought that was a a huge thing that again, nobody's ever said to me or I've never heard it like that. Yeah. Have you noticed the difference by waiting to 90 minutes with your energy throughout the day? Yeah. Yeah. The cool thing about that, uh, the, the, the tip is wait an hour and a half after you wake up to have your coffee or your tea, whatever has caffeine. And I I like Zevia, by the way, Zevia is, I drink Zevia. I don't think they're bad at all, unless you're having many of the energy drinks throughout the whole day. (laughs) But other than that, I think Zevia is fine. I drink it uh, often. If you wait an hour and a half to have your coffee or tea or whatever has caffeine, you get more bang for your buck because when you wake up in the morning, you activate cortisol naturally. Cortisol is your stress hormone, your fight or flight hormone, and it's naturally activated in the morning to give you energy to to get your day started. It's just a, a process in the human body. Cortisol is much more powerful than caffeine. Caffeine does not stand a chance to cortisol, the mighty, mighty cortisol. So what happens if you just have your coffee first thing in the morning or your caffeine first thing in the morning, cortisol is already high. That caffeine is pretty much rendered useless. The most you'll get out of that is maybe some jitters. And then you're going to find yourself needing more coffee throughout the rest of the day because you're not really using that caffeine. But the hack is if you wait an hour and a half, 90 minutes after you wake up, cortisol will begin to naturally drop down. Then you have your caffeine that'll bind together the caffeine and the cortisol to give you bigger bang for your buck and sustainable energy levels throughout the whole day. So that right there has been a game changer for my energy levels. Just waiting 90 minutes to have it, you'll notice a big difference. So I know you said the the EMFs, the vegetable oil, the intermittent fasting, the the working out on an empty stomach, those were I, I think three or four of the first things you had shared with us at the group. What are what are some other things that you're seeing on day-to-day life that people probably aren't aware of or some things they can change. And I think there was a couple other things you shared with us too, just for general health, general internal and external aging, and, you know, maybe some stuff to help limit cancer, which the, you know, again, the the facts were just crazy when you were saying how uh, as the next five, 10 years go by, it's actually going to be one in two people actually suffer from some sort of cancer, which again, is just, just terrifying. It is. The, the stats are disgusting. It's one of the things that really inspire me every day to, to turn around because if you just look at the trends, we didn't have an obesity crisis back in the 50s. We didn't have type 2 diabetes didn't even exist back then. Type 2 diabetes, when it was 
um, first uh, into existence, people are having this disease. It used to be called early onset diabetes, early adult early onset diabetes, and then children started having having diabetes. So they call it now type two diabetes, which is crazy. Cancer. The stats right now are one out of three people will get cancer, a cancer diagnosis in their lifetime. That's the current stat, meaning out of three people that are listening to this podcast, one of them will be diagnosed with cancer in their lifetime. And the trend is not getting better. It's been getting worse. So in about five to 10 years, it's predicted that that's going to be one out of two people are going to get a cancer uh, diagnosis. And, and, And cancer is not a genetic disease, okay? There's billions of dollars that were spent on treating cancer as a genetic disease when they never came up with the cure because they're looking at it the wrong way. It's not a genetic disease. It's a metabolic disease. It's true that you cannot change your genes. So if you have cancer that runs in the family, you're going to be born with those cancer genes. But you have a choice whether or not you are going to express those genes or not. You have 97% control over the expression of your genes. It's called epigenetics. So if you understand that, you know that you're in control. You're not doomed by your genes. You're not doomed by your genetics. The genes that you're born with, they load the gun, but we decide whether or not we pull the trigger. So understanding that, and you can start avoiding the vegetable oils, the EMFs, eating more healthy fats, you're going to have control and you're not going to fall victim to these statistics. My father passed away from the complications of type 2 diabetes, suffered a, a massive stroke. So Diabetes runs in my family. I'm never going to get diabetes because I'm in control. You see, so I want people to be empowered by this message. One of the easiest things you can do to help increase your lifespan. uh, I thought of a second one as I said that, but the first one is (laughs) sleep. Sleep, getting quality sleep. If you could get yourself seven hours every night of quality sleep, you'll live longer. You'll have better energy levels. You'll burn more fat. So what are some ways to do that? For sure, avoid any food within three hours of going to bed. Give yourself a fast, a three-hour fast before going to bed. That'll make a big difference for your sleep. It'll make a big difference for feeling better in the morning, getting rid of brain fog. So focus on your sleep. I have a book called The Power of Sleep. It's on Amazon if you want to learn more about sleep. The second thing that I thought of that I didn't share last week, I don't think I shared it, is olive oil. Uh, Maybe I did. Studies show if you were to have a tablespoon or two tablespoons of real extra virgin olive oil every single day, you could extend your life by nine years, okay? Nine years. So it's anti-inflammatory, rich in polyphenols, but here's the deal. A lot of the olive oil on the shelf at your grocery store is not real olive oil. It's toxic. It's rancid. How do you know if it's rancid or not? Well, here's an olive oil test. Take a tablespoon, put it in your mouth. If it burns your tongue, burns your throat, that's a good sign. Rich in polyphenols, probably a good olive oil. But if it goes down smooth, it's not a good olive oil. So I get mine delivered to me on auto ship from a company called Fresh Pressed Olive Oil Club. They deliver it. They pick it, hand pick it from Chile and Europe. And if you go to ketocampoliveoil.com, you could get your bottle delivered to you. And that's low-hanging fruit. Sleep olive oil and all of other things we mentioned, and you're going to be in control of your genes and not let your genes control you. That's awesome. And, and I, I almost didn't give you credit for it. I apologize. But what I was saying before, you reminded me of it, that uh, Gary was saying he goes to bed by 10 and wakes up at five. But another reason that I started doing that is because you were saying between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m., your body's reacting a lot differently to your sleep where you know I might go to sleep at 2 a.m. and sleep till 2 p.m., and it's not going to be as quality for me as if I would have gone to bed those other hours, which 
I've never heard that before, you know, and I'm always listening to people talk about sleep because it's a huge piece for me that I don't sleep enough. So what, what was the, uh, I forget the exact thing. It just, it stuck with me those hours and I knew there was a benefit for it. Yeah, you nailed the, the time frame, 10 to 2. It's called money time sleep window. And uh, that's exactly it. So you get every hour of sleep within this money time sleep window is equivalent to two hours of sleep outside of this window. That's where you get most of your delta sleep, your deep stage four sleep. And what happens during delta sleep is all of your fat burning hormones are activated. So 98% of fat burning hormones are activated during delta sleep, not at the gym, not during even a jujitsu workout, but during this stage four sleep. Also your brain, your brain cells actually shrink in size. It's crazy. And you have this fluid that goes over your brain and it starts flushing out toxins from your brain. It removes toxins from your brain. It's like a dishwasher. This only happens during stage four sleep. And most of stage four sleep occurs between in between money time sleep window. So it depends on where you live, how close you are to the equator, but it's roughly 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. So if you are in the habit of going to bed late and waking up late, it's time to switch it and going to bed, go to bed early and wake up earlier. It'll make a huge difference for your health. Honestly, it will. And Gary does it and now you're doing it too. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Um, one thing I, I also wanted to ask you about that I didn't get to before I let you go. By the way, this has been awesome for me. I really appreciate you doing this. Um, I've been really annoying to everybody. Like everybody I see, I'm like, what are you, don't you realize you're olive oil? Like, so I'm like, so all I'm going to do now is I'm just going to start telling people like, go listen to this podcast because I could... I can't say it as well as you, but I mean, I just, I, it must drive you nuts everywhere you go. Like, put this down, eat this, don't do that. Like, I just want to tell everybody, but, um, waters are another thing that, you know, I see stuff all the time on Facebook and Instagram or whatever that you have people doing these water tests where they have like tap water and Fiji water and Dasani. And some of them are actually not good. And then everybody's got their water filter that they're trying to sell. Um, and I know like Tim was saying a lot of the stuff there too, about, you know, the, the products you're, you're washing your body with and the water you're drinking. Is there a preferred thing that you recommend or that you do for, some type of filtration system for your house or a particular bottled water that's better than others? Yeah, yeah. When it comes to water, it's, it's not all, they're not all created equal and there's a lot of toxic water out there. So the toxic water, Dasani, Aquafina, Zephyr Hills, there's a lot. Um, the good ones for bottled water, um, I have one in front of me right now, Aquapana. Aquapana is a good one. If you could get glass like I have here, it's always better, although not always an option, but glass is better. So for bottled water, Aquapana, Evian, um, Fiji, although I think it was Gary or somebody was telling me that Fiji has been shown to be toxic. I haven't seen that myself. So I, I still go with Fiji. Um, uh, what else? Uh, Pellegrino. I like sparkling water. Pellegrino is fine. And Mountain Valley. Mountain Valley is usually my go-to choice. So those are the ones that I buy when I'm traveling and you can find those at the airport. Evian is usually everywhere. When it comes to your house, yeah, whatever goes on your skin goes into your bloodstream. So if you're taking a shower and you don't have a shower filter, there are trace amounts of medication and birth control pills and heavy metals in that water. That's in our supply system. And it's going on your skin. No, you're not swallowing it, but it's still going into your bloodstream. So it's affecting your hormones and your, your body. So you could go on Amazon and just buy a $30 shower filter. It'll last about six months and just change that out every six months. It's very easy to install. Just to, you know, it's a low-hanging fruit right there. Or you could put a water filtration system in your household like Tim did. But these are things that people are not aware of. But once you incorporate it, it really starts making a big difference in the long run. That's awesome. Um, another thing that I, I thought was just mind blowing. And if you guys, if you don't want to share it, I can cut this out for sure. But without giving names, the, the story you told about 
um, you know, Tim's friends that had the, the issues and they gave him those really bad options and then just changing his diet and doing some of the things that you've been helping with. Um, is that uh, an, a story you could share? Yeah, but that's Tim's story. So I don't really know this. I don't remember the specifics of it, but he was pretty much diagnosed with uh, a terminal disease that said, you know, your options are zero. There's nothing we can do here for you. Um, so he changed his diet. He, this guy changed his diet around. He changed his everything he was doing. He was more aware of what he was putting on his skin, all these toxins. He started removing it and he was actually able to heal himself. And that's just a testament. And I don't have the specifics. So Tim might could share the specifics, but he was able to heal himself by changing his daily choices, by changing what he put into his mouth, what he put into his skin, what he was breathing. That's a testament to the amazing healing capabilities of the human body. If you could start removing the interference, the body has an amazing capability to start healing itself. And that's this one example of many that are out there. And we have this power within us. We just need to identify what's interfering with the healing. Once you identify it, you remove it, then the healing starts to occur. And that's the process. Yeah. I just think it's amazing. One of the things I, I tell people is, what do you call the guy who graduated last in medical school? But he goes, doctor. I go, yeah, they're, they're not all created equal. One guy studied every night. One guy smoked pot every night. They both got the same degree, but they're not all equal. And I think people hear somebody's a lawyer, somebody's a doctor, and they assume that they know what they're talking about, but they don't. And, you know, a doctor, like in that situation, again, I don't know the exact specifics, but it was pretty much, we're either going to amputate your leg or you're going to die. That's it. And he was like, I don't like either one of those and did those things. So, you know, people who don't question these things or don't have the education that people like you out there are giving are going to either die or lose their leg in that situation where there's all these other things that you can do that, you know, you listen to these people that are the so-called experts and everything and they're giving bad info because they've heard from people who've heard from people who read out of a book and everybody listens to it instead of questioning it. And that's part of what I love about you know, I know technology is a double-edged sword, but being able to have information and testimonies and share stuff like that, that people didn't hear or see before, I think over the next five, 10, 15, 20 years are going to just drastically change all the things that for a hundred years, people have thought and learned and just taken as gospel and truth. We're going to start to really see a major shift. Like I, I really think it's going to turn into almost like a Renaissance looking back, you know, it's, it's crazy, but it's exciting. Yeah, I agree with you. I think this this obesity trend is going to start to get reversed with all this information, especially how, with how popular keto is. So it is exciting. It's exciting because now you can't lie to people because they could, they could verify facts with studies. They could look up studies online. And doctors, doctors are not bad people, but their paradigms most of the time uh, is incorrect. It's been bad information that's been passed around for so many years that have been accepted as truth, but it's not the case anymore. We, we, we need to be our own health detective. And once you become your own health detective and you become a free thinker, that's when your life starts to change for the better, like you said. So it's, it's, it's a powerful movement right now. I'm excited about it too. Yeah, me too, man. I appreciate what you're doing. It's helping me and, I, and I, I'm hoping this is going to get out there. And I know you're all over the place. You just came back from Park City, one of my favorite places. But um, as far as people listening, I'm going to promote this on social media. I'm going to pass it around to everybody. I know I see the Keto Camp thing back there. It's Ben A-Z-A-D-I, right? So Facebook, Instagram. I know your YouTube channel is huge. You said, what, 60,000 people on it or I, I know you're, you're just kicking butt but um tell people some of the ways they can reach you some of the ways i i think you do um personal mentoring coaching counseling things like that so um just talk yeah. how can people find you what can you do how can you help people <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for having me on this podcast. You're an awesome dude. You're an action taker. I'm grateful to have met you in Orlando and I'm grateful to see, I'm excited to see your, your growth over the next few years. It's uh, you're an awesome dude, Nick. So thank you. And this podcast is great. And uh, leave him a review because for (laughs) podcasters, man, you, it makes a big difference. Leave him a review, screenshot this and share it on your story. Like do things and tag them because doing things like that really helps the creators of this podcast. And we're doing this for free. We're, we're doing this to get the information out there. So help Nick out and rate and review his podcast. I have a podcast too, Keto Camp Podcast. So for you podcast listeners, if you want to learn more about this information that I shared about health, go subscribe to my podcast. It's called the Keto Camp Podcast with Ben Azadi. My YouTube channel is great. I have a lot of resources. I'm putting six brand new videos on there every week at youtube.com slash keto camp. And then on Instagram at the Ben Azadi. Best way to find me are on there. And you can see my services on there as well. Uh, the one-on-one coaching, I don't really do. I don't take on a lot of people. I only offer that to exclusive people. Um, but if you want to learn more about that, we could have a conversation about it. You could just send me an email at ben at ketocamp.com. And that's where you could find me. Awesome. And again, uh, it's, this has been huge for me. I'm really excited. I'm really happy I got to meet you there. And I, you know, we just clicked and I, everybody I think was blown away by what you did and what you said there. And um, man, I just, I just appreciate it. It was just a game changer for me. And I look forward to seeing you in a few months and hopefully I'm internally and externally healthier. Um, anything else you want to share before we, we cut our time today? Yeah, I mean, uh, what you said in, internally, it starts on the inside before it manifests on the outside. So you got to you gotta have positive thoughts. I know it sounds woo-woo to some people, but you got to actually expect that you're going to get healthy. You need to have the thoughts that are conducive to the body you want, to the, to the health you want to have. So it's everything that you want on the outside. It has to happen on the inside first. So you get healthy on the inside. You start focusing on your thoughts. You start manifesting love and gratitude. Everything else that we talked about becomes that much more efficient. So work on the inside and it'll happen on the outside. Those are my final words. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. I'm going to put all your links for all your stuff in the show notes. And I think everybody should go and Benazadi proof their body and their house right away because it's been awesome, man. So (laughs) I can't thank you enough, man. This has been awesome. It's awesome meeting you. I look forward to seeing you at the next mastermind. And if there's anything I can do for you in the meantime, um, just definitely shoot me a message, man. Happy to help. Happy to promote anything you're doing. I I believe in it. And, uh, and this was awesome, man. Thank you for doing this. Yeah, right on. Thank you, brother. Have a great day, man.